Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. If you hear tapping sounds in the background and the... That's the noises that I make as my cast taps the table or the microphone. It's kind of hard to record. And thankfully, I am off from the haze of um, of painkillers. Arm still hurts, but I decided that it could be better to just record while in a bit of pain. And they say it's going to last for another week or so, and then it's just going to be, you know, there. And going to get itchy probably because it heals, but I'll be in a cast for about six weeks. But, yeah, I think it's just better to endure some pain rather than um, than to just make weird episodes with my head hazy. But there are a lot of things that I want to talk about today. And first of them, by the way, was, well, that I had to learn a thing or two about United States politics, apparently. Because I was really surprised when um, Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky, yeah, when he was the only senator who basically kind of tried to delay the whole action to give land lease and aid to Ukraine. And I was surprised because I know that uh, quite a lot of listeners of mine are libertarian, and someone out there constantly keeps subscribing me to Rand Paul's newsletter, which means I get messages in my email once a month from Senator Rand Paul, and it's quite bizarre. But I didn't pay them much attention because I have unsubscribed a couple of times and they just always kept coming. But now I kind of had to Google this guy because I was confused. First of all, I wanted to learn more because, like I said, I don't know anything about United States politics and I don't know anything about his internal stuff at all. I'm not even going to pretend that I do know anything. But I had to Google up whether or not, because I listened to his arguments because, well, he's the only one and, well, maybe he has a point. Maybe he has something to say. And, uh, well, turns out I, you know, think he kind of misunderstood the 40 billion aid package. Because it turns out it's not just, you know, it's not giving direct money. It's basically like something like giving uh, gun stamps, kind of like food stamps, but for guns. So what's going to happen is that the United States are going to basically hand out gun stamp, food stamp equivalents to Ukraine. And then Ukraine can go gun shopping with them, with United States companies or something. At least as far as I understood it. And then there was like this controlling stuff, but there's a controlling provision. But all in all, I listened to his arguments because I kind of had to because this is the, this is a big deal. And uh, I tried to understand what's happening. So I looked up his relationships with Russia and uh, 
Now, please don't get me wrong here and don't, don't, don't like torture me or anything. But I'm, I'm just a bit confused that this is a thing that before we get to pure like Russian news, I kind of wanted to understand. Well, um, I, I need some explanations from you, dear American listeners, especially libertarians, because, well, this guy, yeah, he keeps talking about America, but if you Google up his Russia stuff, then, well, you can find a thing where he went to Russia and spoke with Gosduma and called them their counterparts. And and he invited, basically, Konstantin Kosachev, who was chairman of the, his Russian council's foreign policy panel, to come over. And he was sanctioned at the time to, to the United States. He's been to Gosduma. And I thought, okay, well, maybe he wanted to go there. But apparently, this happened on August the 9th, 2018. And just a few days later, on April... Oh, sorry, on September 25th, 2018, he apparently was the guy who wanted to introduce a bill to lift United States sanctions on Russian lawmakers. Uh, yeah, he apparently wanted to remove some sanctions from Gosnob people because he stated that, oh, no, they're just voting. And the sanctions were in place because of the Crimea invasion. I mean, he goes to Russia, then he comes back home, and then he wants to remove sanctions. And then further on, like on January the 13th, this year already, 2022... He again spoke against Russian sanctions, and he spoke against legislation to sanction the Nord Stream 2, the Russian gas pipe. And I thought, oh, okay, maybe he has, like, some Russian friends or business interests, but... But then Rand Paul, on, on April 26th this year, 2022, stated that Putin only invades countries that were part of Russia. And he kind of thought that well, basically, the the invasion of Russia, the invasion of, of of Ukraine by Russia is just you know they're going to reclaim their Soviet territory back, and I think he has forgotten that you know Soviet Union wasn't really popular, and he should he should really listen to my episode on Holodomor to maybe understand the history here. But yeah, if you if you kind of look up Mr. Rand Paul's Senator Rand Paul's, I don't know his you know proper title or something, his actions in the past, I mean. For a guy who claims to be libertarian and defending, uh, you know, American liberties and everything, I mean, he, he might not say this, but for me, as a total observer from the outside, it, it seems like this guy is extremely pro-Russia. But like, so, so you know, it's kind of bizarre to see him just standing out there. And what I don't get the most is that, obviously, his decision can't be very popular in Russia, sorry, in, in the US to do all this. So this just got me super confused. So once you're done listening to this episode, I really would like some of you to just go to your email account or theeasternborder at gmail.com and explain this to me because, again, I'm not an expert on United States politics. It's just that this seems super weird to me and, well, only commenting on this because this is relevant and uh, we have a lot of catching up to do. Meanwhile, we have um, some good news. Nearby Izium in kind of the eastern parts, northeastern parts, where all the fighting is happening. There's a lot of heavy fights around these parts, and if you follow the maps, you can see that the Russians have been trying to focus their attacks. In uh, four days, in massive battles, 73 armored vehicles, Russian armored vehicles were destroyed, and right now we have confirmation of about 15, sorry, 1,500 dead on the Russian side. And that's kind of the biggest biggest Russian loss in this war. It's kind of crazy. Because you can see how they're slowly creeping back. 
and in a way you can also stay see how like if you've been following this show and all my analysis you understand why president biden spoke about how putin's dragged himself in a position where he can't afford to lose because he's like pushed up his this whole propaganda so much that if he loses then might as well be the end for him and he really doesn't seem to be able to win either and you know we spoke about this about the mobilization parts where he was rumored to do this and uh, all the russian pro-war kind of uh, far-right opposition also is yelling at putin and igor girkin personally by the way stated that he accuses defense minister shoigu of, of treason about this whole situation because yeah ukrainians have launched a counter-offensive on on that part and they have basically went uh went and kind of came very close and actually reached the russian border in some places near kharkiv which is about to get liberated once again and this all comes in a kind of an interesting situation here because i oh i don't know what's gonna what is gonna happen and how this is gonna progress because oh it doesn't seem like it really doesn't seem like uh, russia is about to do full mobilization and uh, they can't win with the current things because well Right now, you might be surprised why I don't speak about Odessa or those other regions so much. And we mentioned a possible conflict in Transnistria, but that also phased out. And the reason is simple, because there's no one to assault there, and even if they wanted to assault from the sea, like, uh, they're, they're, they're Marines, they're attacking from... They're, they're participating in battles near Zaporozhye, and all the airborne assault units are fighting in Donbass. So, weirdly enough, like, Russian military vehicles are running out and their manpower is also well without mobilization not going to be as as you know as great as necessary and that's kind of weird because i honestly at this point don't see how without some major shift in western aid to ukraine how putin can drag this out because time is definitely playing in ukraine's hands because putin also can't afford to shoot all his rockets and send everything there because he's really genuinely because i think you know he lives in the, his world of his own kind of weird ambitions and dreams and everything and he is wary about you know some random backstab attack from say japan or some some nato country or something he can't go all out and throw every military weapon that he has on this because that would be also reckless and he's kind of careful about the situation because well for one uh, basically He's still focused because, for, un for unknown reasons, one of the Russia's representatives in the United Nations, Nibenja, he has also just stated that uh, they have showed more evidence for for about Russian bio, sorry about uh, the American bio labs in Ukraine, which is just sheer nonsense and stupidity. Because I don't even know, I don't even know why he's still invited. And also, even an even funnier news, apparently in Gosduma, in the same one that Rand Paul visited, mind you. And, you know, whenever I start a sentence, in Gosduma, they, they proposed, you know it's going to be good. So right now, in Gosduma, they propose to put Poland next in order to be denazified. And I'm really starting to think that Putin actually believes all this nonsense, because this, this is just silly. And at the same time, you know, a lot of people ask me about, well, whether or not he actually lies and how, what he says to his own people. And here we have some nice new stories again, because... Again, the only thing that we see is Russian attacks fail, they get slaughtered miserably, Ukrainians counterattack and they're successful, but Ukrainians uh, also have, like, Ukrainians have a lot of manpower available. In a tactical sense, they even manage to outnumber the Russians, because Russians are running out and they don't get 
new soldiers. Right now, Russia is even literally pulling out of Syria to reinforce their units. Meanwhile, Ukrainians, well, they have to even let their volunteer centers turn some people away. And it's kind of weird because also, you know, uh, when I posted on Twitter that I can see a push to Moscow happening, you know, some people commented that, well, of course, uh, that will solidify and unify all Russia against Ukraine. But I'm doubtful on this. I'm skeptical here. And, and because of a few reasons. See, for one, for Russia, this is not a war yet. And you can't have a mobilization without a war. And this has been used on both sides. For starters, if you're one of these soldiers that has signed a contract to fight in the Russian army, as there is literally no war, you can't be court-martialed. So a lot of people who are like not afraid to go through some bureaucracy and being yelled at by and maybe, you know, getting some punches to the face. A lot of people have basically stated that this is not a war. We're not defending anyone and, uh, you know, we don't need to go there. So they basically, you know, just uh, quit their jobs basically in the army, kind of uh, stop their deals and just, just refuse to go to Ukraine, which is understandable. In the meantime, why I'm talking about this rallying in case Ukraine actually manages to do a successful counterattack and push inside Russia. See, recently, uh, on the beginning of April, I spoke about the attacks on Bel- Belgorod. Belgorod. That's the kind of the kind of Russian town, not Serbian capital, no, uh, the Russian town kind of close to Kharkiv. And there have been like rocket strikes there. We, we saw two Ukrainian helicopters launching missiles inside there and blowing up an oil base. And there have been some stray rocket shots happening there. And a single civilian person has died there, and there have been, like, casualties and whatever. And people are worried. And as Putin had promised, you know, some compensation for the people, you know, who's, who suffered in this whole special operation ordeal and everything. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yeah, you know, to, to use this, the victims of, of the single, you know, kind, of, kind of the victims who had been wounded in, in explosions in Belograd where, you know, rockets sometimes fly and things happen and gas and, and oil um, oil tankers can get blown up and that's reasonable because it, it is a war after all. See, they actually filed a letter of complaint and demanded some compensation from the Russian government. And turns out that the Russian government replied that, no, 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 this is just a special operation. It's not a war. And the special operation is happening on the territory of Ukraine. What happened here was an act of terrorism for which you shall receive no compensation. However, we shall start a criminal investigation. And who could have possibly blown up uh, blown up these kind of uh, oil, oil bases and whatever and caused this? Hmm. Yeah, so basically he told his own people to shut off. And to make this even worse... 
and here we have to again return to uh, the cruiser Moscow. Like one of the one of the people, you know, who died there apparently, you know, because officially no one has died. Officially, everyone's missing in action, but they still have families. And one of the one of the guys who also had been had served in the Russian army, who uh, basically was a, was a col was a colonel himself, he wrote about his son to the Ministry of Defense of Russia, asking, well. Give me some information. Is my son dead? Can I get a compensation? All this stuff. He just basically wants to find his dad, his son's body and everything. And the Russian Ministry of Defense replied to this man that technically the cruiser Moscow was not in Ukrainian territorial waters. And guess what? Special operation is just inside the Ukraine, including territorial waters. And um, as according to them, Moscow sunk because of a random fire. We don't know where your son is. It just happened to be an accident. He's missing in action in Black Sea. And that's about it. And with such respect and everything, this is kind of kind of weird. And I don't I don't think really that Russians will really rally against over over anything. And also, you know, from all the all the pro pro Russian things, it's it's kind of weird because a lot of people basically state that on the pro-Russian side, and I, I read a blog by a guy who's literally fighting on the Russian side in Donbass, and he fixes their, their drones, and they don't have a lot of them, they use commercial Mavics, but he states that the biggest mistake is that, how the, the biggest mistake of Russia is how they basically do not mobilize, they don't want to do anything, and basically from the base level to higher ups, to higher ups, to higher ups, like it's kind of like one of those games of of quiet telephones where where just misinformation is just handled and just adds up and and so basically no one really cares and uh, they basically are now claiming just as Igor Igor Girkin did the Shoigu that there must be some some you know fifth columnists in the very government of Russia who want Russia to lose this war and everything and and I can state that at least in the in in those people who are, who'd be ready to fight for Russia as they're doing it right now because most of uh, Russians actually wouldn't want to do that. Even among the most fanatical people who truly believe that Russian Empire and Soviet Union needs to be restored, and those people who believe that this is a just war from Russia's perspective, even they are not very happy about happenings and everything. And they really call that, you know, they, they call a lot of things true betrayals on the, on the Russian side because of lack of successes. And again, another comment from from um, Battle Cat, apparently that's the nickname on the live journal Boitsovsky Kot. And uh, and he states that he states in, in relation to the fact that Ukrainian side representative Virishchuk stated that there is discussions happening about how um, the soldiers who are hiding in Ozovstad how they could be evacuated to Turkey and there's talks about it. And basically Constantinople is a sorry Istanbul. Hist historian and me misspoke here how how they are going to try to evacuate all this stuff and the comments from these guys fighting there is that quote if this trade will actually happen then it will become the 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 next one and extremely wide step to russian Ru russia to russian federation losing in this war and number two the person who gives a sanction to trade uh, those uh, those soldiers trapped in azovstal uh, in there is basically should be considered a traitor to Russia and that these are basically treasonous actions from the higher-ups. And it's kind of interesting because if you know if you know something about history, 
this is kind of the language which um, Hitler used in Mein Kampf, where he basically built up on the myth that German army was never defeated in World War One. They were betrayed by the home front and the cowardly politicians who didn't want to continue the war. And that's how he built up this myth. And you can see this with today's far right in, in Russia itself. So that's kind of interesting. But we will, of course, continue following on about, about um, all these events. The interesting part is that we have some news about Kadyrov. First of all, there I have received reports, and I'll, I'll just recheck them as well. I've received reports that Kadyrov's men, you know, the Chechens, that they are now basically using the occupied Russian sorry, occupied Ukrainian territories as um, plantations to grow marijuana and opium. They're kind of, you know, they're, they're not really getting paid because Kadyrov just wants money to himself and not not to give it to anyone. So he's basically just trying to, you know, grow some drugs because Taliban isn't really in, interested in, you know, growing more drugs because Taliban and Afghanistan are, they're kind of more more careful about, you know, doing their, their Islamic law thing uh, and, and, and in, the, in the radical form, of course, and instead of, instead of maybe growing those drugs. So that's kind of weird. And secondly, which is also that I noticed, because yesterday to kind of grab this whole thing together for you, I watched about six hours while in uh, tons of pain with, with Russian news and everything and Russian far-right propaganda. And they claimed that, um, well, mistakenly, these military analysts, I think they're, they're just falling for propaganda because they try to claim that there's mass starvation in Ukraine. And I could, I, I've been there, like, multiple times already. And no, the, 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 the choice in the stores isn't that big. But right now, uh, at least... In everywhere else, no, there is no starvation in Ukraine. There are people whose houses have been have been destroyed and everything, but help is coming in. That's the humanitarian aid, and the people are being fed. Food, lack of food, is is not one of the biggest issues. Now, world, total world supply of 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 grain. Now that would be that, because you see, in one side. Russia is clearly deliberately exacerbating the food crisis that is happening. They're blocking Ukrainian ports and destroying agricultural storage facilities. And basically, this is the hostilities are hindering a full-scale sowing campaign. So they are Russians are currently trying to, and they're also stealing grain from from Ukraine. So Russians are trying to basically make the what what's going to happen in in August. What's definitely going to happen in August because a lot of African countries are reliant on Russia's and Ukraine's grain. And uh, they're trying to make it worse. They're trying to basically use this as a weapon where, whereby they'll probably offer some some aid uh, to, to these African countries which are reliant and portray Ukraine as the evil guys. And at the same time, when we know that this crisis is going to happen and EU and the United States are trying to solve the situation while Russia is actively trying to make it worse as a psychological weapon, because I, I, don't, I don't know if they'll last until August, but... They're trying to make it worse. Well, at the same time, a lot of politicians in Russia and a lot of news also claim that currently Ukraine is starving, and yet they want to export grain. Look at these evildoers who want to export grain outside of Ukraine, and that will cause a social explosion in Ukraine. But look, that shows that they're Nazis. So, like, Ukraine is getting a lot of food, not because they have, you know, because they have logistics, logistics issues and because Russia has invaded them, but they're getting help from EU which doesn't really need Ukraine's grain that much and doesn't buy it to such extent. 
you know, Ukraine actually, you know, wants to uphold their own deals and send grain to African countries to make this food crisis, which Russia is now making worse, like, better. It's kind of really twisted logic. All of the, all this episode can be just named Twisted Logic because sometimes I really don't don't understand and, you know, I've been doing this podcast for so many years and I've, you know, been called a Russian expert so many times, but even even I just can't figure out everything at all, really. So, that's just bizarre. But yeah, mental gymnastics, ahoy, everything's just awesome. And, and yeah, we'll see more, more weird propaganda in this one. And um, sadly, well, Mr. Mr. Paul's decision to delay this whole procedure is probably gonna, gonna mean that I, I'm not sure if we will see massive breakthroughs from the Ukrainian side very soon, but it depends on the Russian strategy, really. If they continue and pr- provide Ukrainian army great successes, like these 73 destroyed vehicles in a single uh, on the single pontoon bridge, then uh, who knows what, hap- what can happen. Maybe, maybe, like Ukrainians claim, this war could be done by August. Oh, and in the final... What I wanted to say is that um, to my American listeners, if you're worried about the United States aid to 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 Ukraine, don't worry. Forty billion might seem like a lot, but apparently you have frozen, at least total in the United States and EU, about two hundred and fifty-six billion dollars worth of Russian assets have been frozen. So I am um, pretty sure that. This money will be put to good use and returned to the kind people of the United States of America to repay them for their kindness in aiding Ukraine. Of course, it's a bit of a legal issue, but hey, when that happens, I'm pretty sure it's going to get sorted out. At any rate, I hope you enjoyed this episode. This was one of the... I'm just really happy to be back and doing this. And um, remember, happiness is mandatory. Please consider becoming my patron on patreon.com slash border. You can also just follow us on Twitter at Eastern underscore border. And there, if you click my profile, you'll see a little kind of money icon there. That also leads to my Patreon. And if you want to listen to these episodes without ads, well, Patreons get this chance. And also you can listen to them from our web- website, theeasternborder.lv, where you can, you know, also click the donate button there and just PayPal us some um, money directly, which are immediate emergency funds and goes out basically right now. Uh, for my for my meds and everything patreon money goes for goes for basically next trip because we're saving up because as soon as this arm heals yeah someone has to go back you know and uh, even if the war ends we're still going to go back because rebuilding is going to happen and then maybe we can even go to russia and figure out what's happening there and belarus also might turn interesting but all that and in more news a lot of episodes coming and we'll continue our work oh and please Please support Ukraine, and uh, my favorite charity is ReturnComeHomeAlive.ua, and that's great. And, uh, of course, Sauce Army UA is also excellent. Please stand united, and до свидания, товарищи. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.